Age to Practice, applying educational reading in the classroom. Join in the conversation using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. Page to Practice is a podcast focusing on the application of education research in the classroom. Each episode features a conversation with a different guest, teachers, authors and others interested in education, talking about what the phrase from page to practice means to them and the importance of applying evidence to classroom practice. Hi, and welcome along to the seventh episode of this series. To any regular listeners of the first four series of From Page to Practice, the voices you're about to hear will be quite familiar. It was great to finally get to speak to Dave and Rhiannon, and I hope you enjoy our chat. Good morning. So I am here with two voices who are very familiar to Page to Practice, uh, from Page to Practice listeners. Um, Not that I've spoken to you that many times myself, uh, but you have been the most frequently repeated visitors to the podcast. So could you start by introducing yourselves? Dave, do you want to start? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm David Tushkum. I'm a lead practitioner in a school in Bristol. And uh, and yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to join you. Really surprised that you've had us on so often after all of our babbling. But it's been lovely to talk to you and uh, and so many so many good books that we've just been able to enjoy. So thanks for like, the recommendations and the uh, sort of pointers towards them as well. It's been fantastic. Great. Thanks. And Rhiannon? Hi, uh, my name is Rhiannon Rainbow. I'm in School Improvement Lead Maths for the Greenshaw Learning Trust, co-founder of the GLT Book Club with Dave Tushingham. And we've loved contributing our bits and pieces and our thoughts and reflections. I think one of them we actually did during Research Ed on the day. We found an empty room and we recorded it at the time. We just wanted to make sure we got it back to you and we were so excited. So yeah, we sort of carry you around with us wherever we go, don't we, Dave? It's uh, No, because we, we, we really enjoyed it and I know we're going to um, go into that a little bit more during this. No, it's great to have you back on. Thank you, especially for, you know, being one of those first few guinea pigs of this new format as well. So I really appreciate it. So the question I'm asking everybody at the start, and I don't know who wants to take this first, but the question is, what does the phrase from page to practice mean to you? Oh, that's a really good question. And uh, and for us, it's sort of a little bit what, what we've been trying to do in our practice too. It's For us, it's about looking at the, the literature that's out there, looking at the books that are out there that translates this for us, and then trying to do that sort of um, extra layer of translation um, as to what it really looks like for us. Um, individually in the classroom and, and collectively in, in our trust and the people that we work with and, and the people we talk with um, because it can be quite difficult to read um, some of the books that, that are out. They are uh, written by experts and, and sort of by by definition some of those experts will um, will sort of give us some really good ideas but maybe there's there's something within those books where um, with the curse of the expert that we don't really understand sort of how we've got to that particular point and and so our um, sort of passion lies around trying to translate that and I think um, I think the podcast just really helps us to to do that it helps us to, to hear what um, real reflections are happening around the material um, that's being read and, and then sort of how we we could then take those ideas and and it, it gets us to think about it in a different way I remember recording one and I'm feeling like relatively pleased with it and thinking yeah I really feel like I've understood this book and I really feel that I've contributed something here and I'm quite sort of you know humble person but I was, I was like I like what I've contributed in this one and I listened to all the others and they were just from completely different angles I was like I never thought of that I just that hadn't crossed my mind and and that's what the podcast is for me it's just um getting you to think um with a real breadth about um about what the book is is trying to tell you so so it helps you to not just read this book but to to really really understand it. Great. And, and Rhiannon, anything different? Well, I just just to add to that, really, absolutely. Yes, with everything that Dave said, you know, it, it just helps for us to, I mean, it, with our colleagues and our teams that we work with, we get this shared understanding, be it with your partner teacher or within your team or within your peer group in the school or what, whatever group you're with, you 
quite quickly get a shared understanding amongst yourselves. And it's then more difficult to have additional ideas come in and to be as outward facing. Um, and so what this does, it gives you an opportunity to have greater diversity, to hear sometimes just from other subjects or people with different experiences or people with experiences in other parts of the country with, with how it reflects on them, with slight differences with, with where they are. And that all really helps because sometimes you know, I'll, I'll look at a book and I'll go, okay, I'm reading this, but what does it mean for me or what does it mean for other people to help me to translate it and me to use it within my work and communicate with others? So it, it enables me to do that. And I, so I think it's, it's really, really helpful in that sense because it just brings different ideas into it and we can use it at a time that's convenient for us in at a time that's best for us to absorb it as well rather than something that's scheduled in and we're trying to build into our busy times we're always if we're at a computer we're trying really hard not to <laughs> not to sort of double up on something else and you know you can make sure you've got a really clear head for when you're listening to it and when you have the author on as well I just I think there's real value from being able to hear the author's voice when I'm also reading something that they've written. It helps me to understand it better. So yeah, when I'm putting the links together for our for our podcast, I'm always right, where's the page to practice one on this? So I make sure that that's in there as well because it gives that greater diversity. Uh, that's great. I'm just picking up on something you said a little while back, actually, about hearing from people from different subject areas and different uh, backgrounds and contexts and those types of things. And a few weeks ago, might not have been that long ago now, I was speaking to someone who's a primary math specialist. And before the conversation with her, I thought, oh, I'm going to really struggle with this because this is like, totally out of my area of expertise and knowledge and anything else. Uh, but yet, we just flew through 45 minutes of conversation because we had the, the reading in common, the interest in CPD, and you've got some understanding of of what where they're coming from, even though you're not within their subject area. So I think there's a lot that we can gain from speaking to people from different subject areas, isn't there? Absolutely. And I remember a session that our CEO ran across our trust. Um, so Will Smith, and he was talking about the Venn diagrams and us, whatever circle we're in on our Venn diagram. And yes, we get the intersections where we'll cross with other people we'll, we're working with or connecting with. But actually, it's right on the boundary. It's the blurred edges of those circles where we where it might not be people or ways of thinking that we're used to doing. That's the forefront. And that's where we where we're looking at being able to move forward and, and learn from each other and, and really develop and grow. You're listening to From Page to Practice. Join the conversation on Twitter using hashtag PagePracticePodcast. To move into the main body of what we're going to talk about today, I want to start by, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this will know exactly what you're talking about when you say book club. But can you tell us, please, for those people who don't know, who haven't heard you enough times on this podcast and haven't looked it up for themselves, anybody who's completely new to this, what are you going on about? So, um, well, the book club is, is, as you say, pretty much that. Uh, we will spend um, time reading um, and trying to understand what it means for our classroom practice, um, and, and that's the sort of core. Um, and, uh, and we spend an hour talking with an author, um, very, very lucky, um, Peter Master, the first one to approach us and say, can I join you on your book club? And it, it gave us sort of this, this um, bravery, almost this, this inspiration to, to speak to um, other authors and see if they'd mind joining us. And, and, and the generosity was just incredible. Um, and uh, we would spend an hour just talking with these authors. Um, and, uh, and we would look at something very specific because um, it's, I think it's really important thinking about cognitive load theory and um, just to pick on sort of one maybe action step that we want to, to work on or or uh, one part of the book um but, but the conversation um in our book club is essentially just one one question and it's like what what does it mean for us in our practice what does this look like um in the classroom um so we'll start our, our book club session um with people who um 
they, they come to join us to, to listen, uh, might might contribute also. Um, and, uh, and and we start a book club um, by asking the author a little bit about where the book comes from, its origins. Um, and then it goes into this discussion um, around this extract that we've shared previously. Um, and uh, and we, we talk about what it means for our classroom practice. And at the end, uh, we will share a takeaway. Now, now the structure sort of evolved as, as it's grown. So I think we're on to something like session 65, 66, somewhere around there now. And um, and so much has been learned. But it, it's become um, from from this sort of small book club more to more being a, a resource uh, for people to use. So um, rather than being um, in a sort of collective, everybody um, sort of comes in and joins in and we all share our takeaways in a sort of more intimate setting. It's, it's now become uh, something where we might invite somebody to come in um, as a specialist to come and offer their takeaway at the end. And um, and uh, and people will, will more often listen in, so it's recorded, so people can listen in later rather than be in this live book club as it started. Um, came from came from sort of um, I think lockdown, uh, wasn't it? Really, where where we looked at what we were providing the students, and we were we were happy with this provision and thought that well, the staff really need something uh, substantial and uh, to 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 support their uh, continual development, and um, and it's it sort of evolved um, as we go. So managing the changes um, sort of been challenging at times there, but. Yeah, it's, it's essentially, as you say, it's a book club where we, we sit around, talk about a book and, and consider what it means for us uh, with a sort of summary takeaway at the end. That growth is amazing, the way it's changed. Like, I, I imagine you didn't, when you started it, think that it was going to go from where it started to where it is now, right? Absolutely not. So when we when we started it, it was because, so I'd always bought books educational books and found it really hard to engage with them myself and read them because I thought well I read for pleasure I I like to escape into a book you know I can always be found carrying my kindle round but I knew that there must be something to capture in there because otherwise why are all of these brilliant books out there with so many different ideas in them and I just wasn't working out what worked for me And then it was during lockdown, as Dave said, and we were doing everything we were doing for our students. And we, uh, I, uh, in in Greenshaw, and I know with other places as well, is um, looking at um, how different teams can look at a book together. So, as senior leadership, we might look at a book and review it. And I found that quite difficult to manage. But then during lockdown, and we were having um, holding them remotely. And we're inviting other people from across the school into it as well. I was getting so much from hearing other people's ideas about it. So after reading that bit, I'd go, I hadn't thought of it that way. And then I'd go back in and I thought, this is, this is the missing bit here. Hey, Dave, how, how, what do you think about maybe trying to do something where we connect across the maths teams in our trust? And it just grew. Um, And as Dave said, it went from being live sessions where we'd have well over 50 people there, um, looking at how best to manage that for everybody involved, that now we are more um, a pre-recorded, even though people can catch us live if they want to, more of a, you know, we, we record it and then we share it and send it out afterwards. And it's just a gateway. There's so much out there. And if you want to dip into something, hear the author's voice, find out a little bit more, or you've already started looking at something and you want to know a little bit more as well, then hopefully it's it's there to be able to support others who, like me, wouldn't really know where to start otherwise. Also, some who are more experienced and, and um, confident in this area, just to hear from others as well, because it can be quite difficult not to feel isolated or on your own when you're reading a book because it's a very personal thing and to have that opportunity to discuss with others and if you're a single subject um, leader in a school or something then that community can be harder to come by. So just thinking about it, how did you go about getting people interested in taking part? Was it more, I suppose, with the time you started, because it was lockdown, did people have more time to engage and then they've realised that they that is something they want to continue engaging with. I'm just thinking of those teachers who might be sitting in a similar kind of trust school thinking, I'd love to do something like this, but I worry that I'd be speaking to myself. How did you go about getting people interested in in listening or joining in? 
I mean, for me, um, it, it felt like the demand was there um, and uh, maybe accidentally um, stumbled on something. Um, but but it was uh, there was clearly like a bigger demand than I anticipated for, for wanting to understand what we can do. And it makes sense that teachers just want to, to do the best for their students. And um, and um, and I, I don't know if we sort of fully understood or realised that when we first started. It was a bit more selfish on origins. We wanted to, to develop ourselves in our, our close circle very quickly started to learn that so I, there wasn't lots that I felt that we really needed to do as long as we were, were doing it from the right place that the culture was right and um and it, and it comes from a real place of um sort of low stakes and, and this culture of error we um Rhea and I you probably know um from from talking on on your podcast and and if you've heard of any of us we, we really don't know lots about what we're we're talking about. We are there just to learn. Uh, we and, and sorry, Ri, I, I don't want to <laughs> say that for you, but but it's um, but I really do feel like we come from this sort of place of of just being thirsty to learn. And and so in those podcasts, we will say so many things uh, where you might the author will say, I'm "Not sure I really meant it that way. I, that, that's not my interpretation of this." Um, well, but they're they're all so warm and so generous. Um, but I think having that culture um, and and just sort of putting it out there that that we are just here to, to sort of learn and, and and grow and by talking about it there might not be there might be something in, in a podcast which we maybe don't agree with um in in our own um sort of setting however there's something to learn from it and there's always something to learn and and just going in with that mindset I think um I hope that it's sort of almost given other people permission to do the same and just to, to engage and to to ask a question it might feel like a silly question it never is we just we're just here all, all trying to sort of navigate our own way through um a, a, some something that's very very complex um you know if there's one way to to educate then um then, then i don't think um we'd be having all these discussions on all these books would wouldn't exist there isn't a manual that we can use it's just uh, i think bradley boost had um described it as a lamp um the, the research is like a lamp for us to to be able to see what we need to navigate navigate our way through and um, and by having that culture by having that sort of you know that warmth as we do that positivity that um just looking to to learn from someone I think that's what means that people sort of come with us um in that and, and there's no sort of expectation it's never an expectation that you, you come and you come and you join us you might have read it you might not have read it you might just be listening you might want to want to contribute something but it's it's um Sort of done in a way that it's um, you know for for an active learner. As I say, the resource has grown a bit more, and some people might use those podcasts now to um, support more more formally in, in in the way that they use in their settings. But the intention there is um, that that it can be used in in the way that the person using it sees fit, and I think that that goes a long way to to sort of bringing people with us. I think that piece about expectation is so important because it, you know the the expectation that gets placed on teachers to do this that and the other in terms of their CPD and and what you should be doing what you shouldn't be doing and and people doing all sorts of amazing things and you feeling like you should be doing those things too so knowing that people can have read it they can not have read it they can turn up and listen to the whole thing they can dip in and out I think that's that's a really important part of of what we can be doing for teacher CPD do you agree? Absolutely. And we had, um, it's a it's a big thing for us to have as fewer barriers as possible, as Dave said, to, to engage because um, our workload or, or how, you know, it, it, it's not constant. It's not consistent. Our pressures, everything, it, it ebbs and flows. There are different things that come in at different times. So if people feel obliged or expected to do something then they might you know they're more likely to disengage the more I'd say you know what this is this is too much rather than see it as a positive thing that they can opt into or dip into or say okay I'm not those ones there aren't priorities for me I might come back to them later but actually this one here would be really good and hopefully they know that whilst um, each conversation is its own it, it grows organically as Dave said in, in the way that the conversations can be there's still an overall um uh, uh, people know what they're going to get from the sessions there's going to be the discussion the author's going to be there I still don't quite know how we manage that but the author's still going to be there joining us um and that it's a huge privilege for that and for um the other guests that join us on the panel and give their time as well and sometimes it's just Dave and I which is also a huge luxury um but yeah I don't know 
I really don't know how we've been so lucky. And it's it's still really happening. And we have to pinch ourselves quite regularly, don't we, Dave? But it's it's such an honor and a privilege to to do what we do. And we're just grateful to everybody who's helped to make it possible initially and for it to keep going. Um, and I think that's that's a really exciting thing as well because in the autumn it's three years since we launched initially and uh, we're coming up to as Dave mentioned um, 70 sessions soon and that is you know we we have to remind ourselves at the beginning of every podcast what what number it is because you know we we definitely don't take it for granted and we just hope that what we do is helpful for others and the fact that people keep coming back tells us okay we've still got uh, you know it, it's something that people are still interested in. So we'll keep going for as long as other people find it useful and, and that we're able to get people to join us. Yeah, that's great. I think as well, there's, there's another, another layer to that where it's, it's the feedback that we receive as we go um, and, and being really humble with it because, as, as I say, we, there's so much we don't know. There's, we're just listening and absorbing um, the, the, the material that's out there and, and talking with these people and looking for something new to try, something new to take away. Um, and, and a result of that um, quite often would be that we'll make lots of errors as well. So, so there'll be a lethal mutation with something that's been said, um, like I said previously, or or there'll be something in the feedback which, um, where there's a barrier, has really said, we're trying to lift those barriers, but we haven't noticed that people can't access it because there isn't a, I don't know, there's, um, it's, there's a video recording, but not a podcast. And, and whatever it is, we've, we've made sure that we listen the best we can um, to that advice and, and sort of acted upon that. And, and we get that there's a place for... Um, for very specific CPD, um, we we get that that there's going to be a need for instruction. We get that there's um, there's lots of different um, sort of aspects of, of developing as teachers, um, and we just hope that this um, plugs a little sort of you know place in, in that market for for some teachers that that maybe want to to go and, and independently read and, and learn more and work on their own unique action steps. Um, who maybe, as Ree said, um, find it. A little challenging to to choose where to start or to to read a heavy text or to read a big book and know how to to get to the right places and, and hopefully we're, we're given those little sort of um you know starts um for people somewhere and if, if we're doing that then then great um and uh, but, but yeah the the sort of the idea is that, that the more that we talk about it um we hope the more the more that we all learn and it's really lovely when we get other people every now and then be on say for example on twitter because that's where uh, you know a lot a lot of what we say is out there at the moment isn't it on twitter somebody will say oh i think dave and rhiannon did a book club session on this it happened just over the week and i'm like yep here we go here's the link to it you know because people will remember those things and i think we've had uh, unbelievably sometimes authors come to us and ask if they can do a session on their book or maybe if they've you know we've got authors who've come back but also we've had other people who've said so you've started this book club what can I do what ideas have you got for me in my setting with maybe with their um, colleagues in their team or they're thinking of setting one up in their school or they're thinking of setting one up across their trust or their family of schools and we've had and that's I think been the most one of the most exciting parts of it is where it's helped to sort of plant that seed in others and they've been able to to do their own um where in, in what's best for their context as well and and where that's worked and we can see a couple of little book clubs on twitter that are sharing what they're doing across their schools and remembering the conversations that we had initially when they started off and i think that's I don't know, maybe it just sounds a little bit silly, but that that is really, really rewarding. Well, you've both touched on things that I was start with, were thinking of asking you next, actually, which was one that you know, Dave mentioned reacting to feedback about, okay, well, we could release as a video or a podcast what's accessible for people. And you've just mentioned giving advice to other people wanting to do the same thing. So I was going to say, are there any kind of mistakes and things you've learned from on the way that you would then share with other people to help them as they go is there anything that you'd give us some advice to anybody sitting there thinking yeah I think this is something my school or my trust could do with and I want to do it what what advice could you give to them I think I could probably sum it up very very quickly for me because it always for my the, the feedback I was getting um throughout and the feedback that we got um was very much about being braver um and and not to worry about what people think about it um 
you just put it out there and Mary might put that really well just just to put it out there and it doesn't matter um if it's um a bit raw because if it is polished then and it might put people off again it might you don't want something to be too polished you want it to be accessible and so I think it was like at each stage where I thought this looks like good feedback um turn it into a podcast as well or or it might be to to like turn it into to something that's written or it might be um to go and share it on a podcast like this and you know I'll be very honest with you quite nervous this morning coming on here um after listening to your podcast and knowing how how much I've got from them um it's um you get this imposter syndrome you get this feeling of why am I on there it should be like real real experts should be on here I'm just there sort of learning from others and soaking it all up and and so so to be on this I feel a little bit of a fraud and it's that's the thing that I give for the advice throughout and that's hopefully what what I've tried to model um particularly through through the process um with really is to to sort of to be really open and, and to, to allow yourself to be that little bit vulnerable, um, but but the intention's right. So let's go for it. Let's do it and, and let's learn from it. And and I think having that sort of um, the women ed um, session really sits in my mind here. That ten percent braver um, of just going, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna try that and and being okay with with failing. I think. Just before Rihanna adds anything, I just want to add, I get the exact same feeling the other way around. So speaking to you two this morning, who, have, who you know, so confidently speak to each other all the time. I spoke to Arthur Moore of Tea and Teaching the other day. I was thinking, hang on a minute. I was on his podcast last time we spoke. And I think we all have to recognise that we can all get something from each other and we don't need to feel that kind of imposter syndrome. But you're absolutely right. And I totally recognise that feeling. Totally recognise it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think one of the, I think a huge part of it is that Dave and I have each other, so we're not doing it on our own. So if you do have, if you are able to have somebody else there to discuss ideas with that you can um, be more open with or where you are able to have conversations with one another, where you know you won't, that you can you can be more vulnerable where you won't take offense and it's it's okay as you're growing on this journey um then i think that's that's really helpful where you help each other to get better together yeah in that partnership where where you're working with one another you are better as individuals and as a team i think that's that's one of the things that i'm truly grateful today for and as he said every single time we get nervous every time we actually met before this session just to take just to take the edge off and start our conversations and um because you know we we appreciate everybody's time and um we've just learned so much and then we forget now where we are, as you mentioned earlier, when where we are as well, and the voice that we have, and what other people might hopefully get um, from listening to what we have to say as well. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, where do I go with what I want to? I know I will ask you this. So have you? Got, if you had to share a couple of highlights or a highlight from from doing the the book club if there's maybe a particular person you weren't expecting to speak to or if there was something you took away from something that someone else said so just anything that stands out I know that's probably a difficult question now that you're coming up to nearly 70 (laughs) episodes sessions sorry I I mean there's been so many highlights so automatically I think Oh no! Who am I not going to mention? What am I not going to say? Because there, there's so much that we that we need to be grateful for. Um, particular highlights for me, um, it would be some of the sort of my my idols um, that, that I've um, sort of read um, multiple books of there. So people like Doug Lemoff when we talked to uh, Doug in one of the sessions, just um, that was a particularly um, sort of you know, nervous and exciting moment to, to be able to talk to Doug because I'd used his Teach Like a Champion techniques for, for so many sort of years uh, previous to talking to Doug. And and, uh, and we talked to him about Practice Perfect and, and just listening to, to Doug talk, it just it just made so much sense. Um, talking with Mary Meyer, um, learned so much about how to set up our book club at the very early stages, really supported um, in how we're, we're going to sort of move forward with it. The idea of uh, turning these into podcasts, the idea that just get it out there and it doesn't matter and done is better than perfect. And all, there was just so much sort of really concise sense um, that was talked by Mary. Um, Peter Matic approached us. Um, that, that moment, I remember exactly where I was when I got a message that said, um, could I join you on the book club? And I was just like, why? I mean, 
been why would why would they want to come on our, our book club but yes please and just so excited and uh, yeah it was um it was such a such an awesome um moment that one as well but um but for me as well it's those those little moments where where maybe there's there's somebody either in your trust or somebody gets in touch and and they say that they've used it and it's made a difference and and that that's probably the the best moments is is when you think that there's something that that you've you've tried to do because you know right intentions we want to su- support others whilst we're we're learning ourselves um for somebody to turn around and and say I've used it and it helped me um that's probably my most exciting moment so we got um a few very regular listeners um someone like um we have have a person um that listened and, and did a, a conference recently and uh, and um and they talked about our book club um that's probably going to be right up there, one of the best moments um, of the three years for me. Yeah, I get that. You know, when someone that you don't know at all or unexpected says, oh, I listened to this. Why don't you try that? Or I've tried this because I listened to that. You go, oh, oh, there's some people. Like, I don't even know who you are. I haven't got any connection to you at all, but you've you've had a go at something because you've listened to the podcast. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's, yeah, that's a really good feeling, isn't it? Rhiannon, anything else to, to add? Um, It's very similar, I'm afraid, to Dave's. There are a a few sessions early on that really help to um, shape and inform what we did and and, and those stages, such as Pete Mattock saying, can I join you? Mark McCourt being our very first guest. I mean, what what a way to start. Um, And then Mary Mayat, just in... In, in a brilliant way, challenging our thinking about a few things and helping us to be braver and then coming back only a few months later. Um, and just ev- so many people's generosity in so many different ways. And I've taken so much from so many different sessions um, because they've all, there's been such a range. It's, it's, we're very, very lucky in that sense. Um, and when an author says that they'll come back, those are the gifts. And when they and when they do come back and they talk to us again, but it's also when um, sometimes we've or when we're in the green room and we're talking to people, we'll say, you know, thank you so much for coming. They say, no, thank you so much for doing this for us because when you write a book. Uh, it, it's a, a couple, not all have said this, so I'm, but a, a couple, when they've, they've talked about it, they've said, when you write a book, it's so, you feel so isolated. You're on your own, you're writing this book, and you're hoping that somebody else might read it. And you're hoping you haven't offended or that you've added value. And they said, the opportunity to know that it's being read and to talk about it and share those ideas a little bit more is brilliant. So thank you. And I hadn't thought of it that way, and um, it was it was really nice to hear. And we've we've just had the warmth we've had from all of our guests and our, our panel members has been has been particularly fantastic. And then we've you know, we've got some great connections out of it as well. When we meet up with people and we connect with them in different places and in person or just virtually, we've been very very lucky to have developed our professional network um, in that way but it's more than that it it definitely feels so much warmer when we meet people and connect with them as well it is yeah well absolutely I remember when you did research was it in was it in London it was the national one wasn't it and I'd never never met the two of you but I'd had emails from you before and and Twitter and the rest of it it's like oh I'm finally getting to meet you and it's that it's it's a weird feeling isn't it it's like these people that you've spoken to a lot and then suddenly like oh we're in the same room and I get to actually speak to you you're a person you know it's um it's a lovely thing to be part of I think it was and that was our first one and it was it was a little bit overwhelming a little bit exciting I went around with my program thinking all of these amazing people some I've interviewed and some we were hoping to get as future guests and then being able to meet yourself and and talk with you as well and we're we're hoping to be there again in 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 this year's um and to be able to connect with others as well so that for me is that sense of community I've gotten from it from from everybody that we've worked with is something I, I had no idea 
we we would have had the opportunity to have built and and the privilege to be involved with and i i really have felt that and dave and i have um we reflect upon that one often so before we start to kind of move on i think into my final section is there anything you want to share in terms of what's coming up next is there somebody you're going to talk to soon or you don't have to because you might not have your schedule or you might be keeping that under wraps and that's fine is there anything you're looking forward to in the in the near future uh, well, I think for me, um, I mean, the sessions that are coming up um, are, are incredibly um, exciting. First of all, we're, we're hoping to talk to Robin McPherson and Carl Hendrick um, very soon. Uh, we've got Nathan Burns, Jennifer Webb, um, and, uh, and fingers crossed we're, we're hoping to talk to Craig Barton once more and, and Mary Might and John Thompson again um, about their uh, new um, SEND book and uh, and so there's lots of sort of great sessions um coming up but we're also sort of looking to to branch beyond books as well um so that we can um it's about as, as we said before removing those barriers and uh, and and the books are a great place to learn um if we insist it has to be a book then then are we just closing some of those doors as well and so we're, we're looking to sort of stretch a little bit beyond that to, to looking at work that people do beyond just um just writing um a, a book itself um, so that's that's really exciting, and uh, and yeah, there's there's still a little bit of work to do there to to make sure those session, sessions are all sort of secure and, and and where we want to go with that too. So not lots that we can share about that yet, but we certainly have this vision um, to move that way. Um, we've been writing up our notes as well, so we're we're very hopeful at the moment of um, having having a book um, and and being able to share that um, in in written form. Um, it's been really good for our development just to. Um, I think it's one of the Teach Like a Chamber techniques of everybody writes. And, and yeah, we understand a lot more about these sessions, again, just from, from writing down uh, what our thoughts have been and, and learnt so much from that experience too. And, and as you said, the research head, the, the getting to talk to, to, to people like yourself, um, those are sort of the moments that we're, we're really excited about doing. So, so yeah, lots, lots of exciting stuff moving forward um, that hopefully people can get something from but, but yeah hopefully hopefully people gives people that permission again to to be brave and and to go and go and try something go and find something out and, and not to worry and, and just yeah just try it and it wouldn't have been possible without the support of the community that we are in and we feel embraced by really um with with everybody we've connected with in whatever way about somebody who listens to the book club right through to somebody who's a guest author on the book club um and so a few of the connections helped us to say you should really write this up you know you sure yes you should we think we think it would be a really good idea and then um some really supportive authors particularly Bradley Bush on that one, he's been he's been a great champion for us. But then we've also got other people um, on a, on another side as well. So yes, we've got that amazing project we're working on. Who'd have thought that we might have been considering writing a book? I don't quite know what that book club session about a book that's about a book club um, might be <laughs> might be thought of as. It, I think it, you it, need it, to speak <laughs> to Phil Naylor about that one. A book definitely. about a podcast about books. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I think um, it's it's something as well that we have the support from the people who write our sketch notes as well. So we've got Karen Hancock, who's just been incredible with that, and Charlotte Hawthorne and others that have done different sketch notes for us too. So what and that, what Dave said, we're we're hoping to bring it together. We've gone from having a podcast and links on a website to now it's on a platform. So it's it's free to access. Um, you just need to log in with an email and then you can, it's all hopefully sectioned off and, and you can see all the different authors and how it's come together. So we're always looking at how it can evolve. And, and like Dave said, thinking about what are the things that we find difficult to engage in, but we would like to, that we could then build into a future iteration of of our of our book club and, and what we can do with that you know for me I find research difficult and so maybe that's something we can look at and then other aspects that once you sort of broaden that little bit more and you open up your umbrella that actually there are quite a few different things out there that hopefully we'll be able to include in the future 
tell you what I've taken from that whole kind of things that both of you have just said is actually, you know what, isn't it great how something that you're doing to support other people, but also develop yourself. You know, there's, there's things you're both doing now that three years ago you wouldn't have even imagined yourselves doing. So, you know, we can do these things not only for a wider community, for supporting other teachers, and also, you know, you're getting that that benefit yourselves as well. So there's there's something quite special about that, that. I think that you can be giving to so many people and developing yourself at the same time and being able to get, you know, those benefits from that. So um, I don't think I have anything else I want to say in this section, unless there's anything else you came to say that you haven't had a chance to say yet. And if there isn't as well, where can people find the book club? What do they need to look for on Twitter or a website address? So, I mean, just for me, I'll let me talk a little bit about where where you'll find it um, and and how to access. But um, but yeah, no, I think we've sort of pretty much covered everything Um in, in our minds, what we we want to talk about, um, I think um, the the book club itself and, and what you might learn from it, it's um, it sort of goes down sort of two um, two routes. It's one maybe for for sort of less experienced teachers and and some of the the pedagogical techniques that you might learn and things that you can take straight away into the classroom. But we hope that through our experiences and what we're learning, um, and I think it's really important um, as well that it's um, got that sort of you know that selfish edge, if you like, um, that, that we are looking to to what we. We, we need in our development because that's I think that's what makes it um, that's what that's what makes that learning real for us and and that's that's what hopefully sort of you know gives us that that sort of drive and, and that that determination to, to you know have it at the very best standard possible and, and I think that's in, that's important to be there and, and hopefully there's there's that parallel sort of part of the book club which looks at leadership as well and and so if you are a more experienced teacher that's looking at how you might set up a book club um that, that there's something within some of those sessions too and there's there's a good few leadership um sessions with some some expert leaders like Andrew Brown, Matthew Evans, uh, I'm not going to name everybody I'm going to feel guilty now but Emma Turner and and, and like let's change hands there's so many people that we've talked to um that just offer that expertise as well and and hopefully um, the book club can offer something for for both your inexperienced teacher, but also your your person who's looking to lead to, um, but but yeah, I mean everybody's got a unique experience, and and uh, and so everybody can learn off everybody. It's about sort of how you find um, those pieces of information, those those pieces of knowledge, and, and start to connect them um, together, and and that's what that's what we're all about, and and hopefully give given that opportunity. So over to me then um, on, on on this one. I was just checking um the, the checking that I had the right keywords for if you were going to google so um we have a bod- podcast which you can go to directly if you uh if you google um glt and friends book club um the greenshaw learning trust have a website there's a section on there for cpd uh, or you can search for the book club and it will show you how to join but also if you go to my pinned tweet um, at nonny underscore rainbow on Twitter, and then you'll see a link to be able to go to the platform and then access all of the previous sessions, the sketch notes, the recordings, the videos, and other additional pieces there as well. That's probably the the easiest way to do that. So, yeah. An absolute wealth of resources there for people to dig into. Imagine people listening who haven't listened before have suddenly got this whole realm of of information opened up to them. Sign up to receive the From Page to Practice weekly newsletter to read tips and advice from my guests, as well as information on upcoming episodes. Find the link in the show notes for this episode. So... Moving into this final section, um, when I came up with this CPD library round, I thought, yeah, I'll do it as a quick fire round. And then I thought, hmm, I'm speaking to teachers, all of whom like to give explanations for things and reasons and stories and all of the rest of it. So quick fire went out the window. Uh, and I haven't done this with two people before. So I don't know whether you want to take a category alternately or if you want to give your own answer to each one or if you've already spoken about them I don't know so up to you how you want to do it but I've got a set of categories um, and it doesn't have to be a book it could be a book an article a blog a podcast anything that you think fits with this category so are we okay to go ahead perfect (laughs) so the first one is first got you into evidence-informed practice 
So for me, it was um, Daisy, Daisy Christodoulou's um, books were the, were the first place where, where I, I went and, and started reading around and thinking, you know what, this, this I really do need to not just do what feels right. I need to actually you know, get a little bit of evidence behind what I'm doing and, and know that this is uh, more likely to be the right thing um, in the classroom. Uh, they were my first books. Resonated with you the most? God, uh, again, really sorry, I'm going to keep um, hijacking this. Like Craig Barton's um, How I Wish I Taught Maths. Um, I just read the first page and went, yeah, yeah, do that, do that, do that. And then the next page was, this is not what I should have done. I was like, oh, okay, right. And then and, and I read the book and it was just like, I, I, I went in the next day and I think I said to my students, really sorry <laughs> I've taught, how I've taught you for the last 10 years um, things are going to change um, but it was yeah it really resonated with me it felt like that was my experience um, and it felt like you know somebody was writing what, what I was thinking but I couldn't articulate myself and didn't have the knowledge and he put it all into a book for me and I was like yeah that's 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 where I was that's where I want to be I wish I'd been tallying how many times Craig Barton's name has come up because uh, this is only I think this is the eighth conversation I've recorded and he's come up so many times with both maths teachers and non-maths teachers because of his newer book so yeah I'd wish I'd been counting because it it consistently the one name that's come up in every episode so far (laughs) it's so good (laughs) so the next one is challenge your views oh challenge my views um I think can have a little look behind me now and see if there's any uh, any sort of stand in my head. So so one that was really good and really got me to to reframe what I was doing um, was the CPD curriculum um, by Zoe Markenza. Um, the idea of sort of whole school CPD coming into subject specific. Um, I'd always sort of thought of CPD. That's that's what it looks like. We all sit in the hall together, and then it just made me think, no, this isn't right. And and it. I had that in my mind, but it was sort of reading it just made me go, give me the bravery, I guess, to go, no, actually, we need to do something slightly different. And and a project came off, um, sort of, did it come off the back of that or did the book, I can't remember which one came first, really, but around that time, I started really reading around that and going, no, we need to challenge, you know, the the way that, that CPD is is working um, here. So that was, that's one that, that sort of really challenged um, my views there. And there was another one which I just thought of, and I just... Um, Oh yeah, the, um, talking to Kate Jones, um, the idea of retrieval and and this idea that you know we've always done retrieval and well, we haven't always done retrieval. This is something that we need to really understand and do well. And um, and so I had this sort of you know lethal mutation, if you like, this misconception that um, that, that just by asking a, a few questions about what they learned last lesson, we're, we're doing retrieval, and that's so much more to it than that. And, and the more that I talk to Kate, the more I realise how much I don't know. So so that was a really good session for me. I think um, there was was so many. Benny Carras was another one that challenged our views in a different way and helped us to think about um, just the way we put our classrooms together and the way we sort of got that sense of community and and how we connected with individuals and respected everybody in that sense. And also Emma Turner's thinking and, and, and philosophies and experience around leadership also. They were really good. Whilst they resonated and challenged at equal level. And I think they were they were they were really, really good ones as well. So the next one on my list is had the biggest impact on your practice. There are loads, um, and and it's, it's what I don't mention. I'll go away after this and think, how did I not mention that one as well? But I press for time, first one that comes into my head, Michael Childs for me, and, and the way um, that, that I assess in the classroom, um, just um, making sure that, you know, I don't I don't need to ask students to, to mark everything in green pen. I can, I, I just want to know what I'm going to do to feed forward, not feed backwards. There was so much in, in that session that just made me, again, challenge my thinking. Um, but the, the next day, I could tell that my classroom practice just felt markedly different. It just felt like, I, I was teaching in a in a different way when it comes to how I use my data, and now I'll be um, off the off the back of um, session with Adam Box as well. I'm now using my Whitney whiteboards a lot more, um, and in the way that I assess, and there's the you know the really clear routines that I'm using um, wouldn't be happening without that session. That session really sort of has shaped my practice. Uh, should be required reading for either early career teachers or trainee teachers. 
I think Teach Like a Champion is uh, it's an obvious one um, for that one. Um, I think that, that it's uh, it's one of those, it feels like the manual, um, if, if there was to ever be one. Um, it, it just has so many techniques that, that really... That really clear um, the way it's laid out. It's really obvious what what you should do, why why that technique works, um, and and you can pick it up tomorrow and practice one of those. And, and so much of our CPD um, over the years has been built on that, where we might have a different session on a different technique every week, and then that's what we're practicing during the course of the week. But but it's uh, yeah, if ever something's not working, my default is to still go back to the teach like a champion techniques and to to ask myself what is what's not working, which one of these techniques am I am I not quite implementing right, or, or which one is going to help me to to get Get more out of um, out of the, the um, situation that I find myself in where it isn't quite working. So, so that's certain, yeah. And it helps as well. It's like a shared language and a shared understanding for you know what is meant by each of these terms. Also, so you can have conversations with people at all sorts of um, places in their career, and people know what it is you're talking about because of the vocabulary. Um, involved within it as well and yeah as Dave said the clarity of it and and talking about early careers teachers as well we had a session very recently with Pete Foster um, and and that was a a book which we both um, said um, you know with um, absolute integrity that this this is a book that we we wish we'd had when we were um, starting out it was um, yeah it's called uh, what do new teachers need to know and it's um, and it's just an absolute or must read I think for for people start out in the profession great uh there's a few more uh, the next one is inspired you God, i mean yeah i want to say all of them um, it's it's just so much in there um i'm thinking like because i again when i say one i'm gonna miss out so many other others aren't i um i think um Ron Berger's book um, sort of inspired our book club. It's the very first book that we chose before uh, author started to join us. Um, so, so an ethic of excellence was um, was one that just the idea of Austin's butterfly and 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 I, I think I joked to the research head that that you came to that this is our very first session, so it will be by default the worst we ever do. And apologise to, to everybody in the room. Um, it's just that idea that, that we're we're just drafting. We're always just looking to to get better at what we do, and and that's that really does um sit at the core of of what we what we try to do um so that that really inspired a lot of of our approach behind the, the systems and the processes we put in place and the the um the learning that takes place definitely it was yeah definitely agree with that one as well so the next one is your most recent read so it might be your most recent session or something you've read separately i guess yeah, yeah. So, um, so most um, recent read um, for me is probably I don't. I don't that sounds like a plug, and I really don't want it to be because I'm not. I feel I feel embarrassed now. Um, but I've been rereading um, a book which I've written a little piece in um, for Nathan Burns, um, and it's uh, it's one of those books which is it's about metacognition. But I'm writing um, a little bit around metacognition at the moment, trying to. S- because it's one of those things I find particularly challenging. So, so I've been, been writing a little bit around that. So for me, um, I've recently reread that one. We've got the session coming up in a few weeks' time as well um, with Nathan. And so, so that's one that, that I've been uh, reading recently. Um, but it is it's about sort of, um, preparing for those next sessions we've got. But it's, um, it's also about sort of you know, where, we, where we sit in our teaching as well. So, so one of the books that, that I've um, been reading um, again is is her um, and about that leadership and we've talked about it previously about being um, we don't need to be an expert necessarily in in the field um, and we need to accept that we're not when we're supporting somebody in their subject but um, it offers a lot of um, expertise and and it offers a lot of guidance to the sorts of questions we can ask others um, if we're trying to support somebody. In, a, in our sort of non-specialist um, to develop their curriculum. And, and that's been a, a book which I keep dipping in and out of too. Yeah, and I was um, fortunate to get an early copy of Teaching and Learning Illuminated by um, Bradley Bush, Edward Watson and Ludmila Bogacek. And so I absolutely dipped into that one. Um, it's an amazing looking book, isn't it? Yes, I wasn't yes. expecting it when it came through the door. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I was, when, when you get something like that through, you've got to take a look. But a book that I bought recently, I bought two books actually um, by Peter Mattock. 
um, virtual maths and his recent one, conceptual maths. So I actually bought it in both and sent them out to all of the secondary schools in our trust, as well as I work with um, some people through a work group for whom are teaching maths, but are non-specialists or teaching at a field. So I've got them those books as well. And often, I, so I, I reread it the other day because I was talking to somebody and supporting them on something. And it's a, it's a really helpful go to for that one as well so yeah it, I suppose that the challenge is we've got quite a few different books out at any one time we we don't just read one thing do we Dave we've got a bit of a, of a smorgasbord for for what we're dipping into and I, I suppose it's just a just such a fortunate position to be in to be able to do that. That might make this next question a bit more difficult, but there's only two categories left before we go and enjoy the sunny weather on this Sunday and make the most of it whilst we have it. Uh, what's next on the to-be-read pile? So maybe one you've not actually dipped into yet, but oh, it's next up. That, for me, is powerful questioning. Uh, so I've got Michael Charles's uh, latest book. Um, so that's arrived uh, recently. Um, uh, and and again, um, the book that Reese just talked about, the uh, um, I think you had it a little bit um, earlier than I, because because um, I think you wrote a little bit of a review uh, in there, and uh, and so mine's arrived very recently, so it's, that's on my uh, reading list. But yes, I sort of dipped into it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, this is going to be incredible. This one, um, so it's just you just you just know it when you pick up a book and you see I've read two pages, and I already just want to go into the classroom and try some things. Uh, that one as well is going to be uh, yeah incredible. I'm looking forward to that. I've booked to speak to, to Bradley in a few weeks' time. I'm, I'm in general, not speaking to authors. I, we're going for speaking to a whole range of people. But that book really speaks to everything from page to practices about, really, isn't it? So, no, I had to, I had to ask him if he was willing, and he snapped up the opportunity straight away. <laughs> and the next one I'm excited to have a look at is Peps McRae's new book as well. Oh, yeah. So, because his writing is... It's, it's brilliant, but also he's so concise and the way every single word counts. And it's, it's like the complete opposite to how I talk and how I write as well. It's, so I'm really looking forward to um, um, having a look at his next book because I haven't had an opportunity to do that yet. Now, this final category, people have taken in different ways. Okay, the category is doesn't exist, but should. So it could be, you think, a book that you would really like to read because you don't know much about that area, but you've not seen a book about it. Or it could be a book that you think, oh, it's a really important area. And I've read it about it in different places. And I'd like someone to bring it all together in one place. So people have taken it in kind of different ways, this, but doesn't exist, but you think should. So for me, it, the, the thing that I keep looking for, and, and, and you find it in different books, but I, I don't know if I've found exactly what I'm looking for, is the, um, the effect of um, sort of the, the emotional barriers you might get in, in learning. So it's like you've got the science of learning, um, as I might think about it, the science of emotion as well and, and how that impacts. And, um, but, but there are plenty of books that sort of have bits of that in, but I think I'd like to read something sort of very specifically on the impact that the, um, the emotional barriers might have on on learning and, and how how to support um, maybe some of our more vulnerable students um, or, or you know um, students that, that have um, the, the needs of, that maybe I'm not quite catering for at this stage. That would be the thing that I'd be really interested to read more about. It's really hard to do that. You could almost do a shameless plug at this point as well, couldn't we? As in, as in the book that we're writing, which is, which is a book where you're bringing together lots of overarching views and ideas and your own reflections on different books that you've engaged with. Um, and I, I know it's shameless, um, but it's, it's genuine. Um, it's because it's one of the things that I think would have really helped me to almost like a bit of a catalogue in a sense okay these are these are some really great books not all of them it's just the beginning but these are some really great books these are our ideas ideas on it this is some of what you know we had discussions with the author and others and and then you can dig deeper so I suppose in in a sense it's like when I'm reading a book and somebody mentions a piece of research and an author and I think oh I'd like to have a look at that in a little bit more detail. You don't have to do all of them, but it might just entice you to look at something that actually you pursue a little bit further and you find it is really interesting and, and can help to develop and, and change your practice. 
I mean, it's, it's a great answer. It's not a, a shameless answer at all, you know, because if it's a book that doesn't yet exist that you think should. So it fits the category perfectly. So, well, that wraps it up, really. We've gone through all of the categories. Um, I really appreciate you giving up time on the sunniest weekend that we have had so far at the end of half term um, to, to talk about this, but I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, is there anything left to say that you haven't had a chance to say that you wanted to before we wrap things up? I just want to say thank you. I keep doing what you're doing. It's um, it's a massive support for the community just to be able to to listen in to to some real experts. Um, so so us aside, I think what you do is absolutely brilliant, and you need to you need to um, keep doing it for us because because we get so much from it. And and so just yeah, huge thanks from us. Oh, thank you for your support. Yeah, I completely echo everything that that Dave said. You, an, an inspiration in in so many ways. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's a lovely way to end. Thank you. Bye. Are you interested in evidence-informed practice? Do you have a favourite edgy book? Have an idea of what great CPD is and should be? Or to just generally have a chat about education? Please sign up to join me for a conversation. I rely on volunteers from all contexts and levels of experience. Visit learninglinguist.co.uk forward slash page practice podcast for the sign-up form. It was great to finally get to chat with Dave and Rhiannon. Do make sure you check out the Greenshaw Learning Trust Book Club if you enjoyed our conversation. Next week, you'll get to hear my chat with Jess. She's an early years practitioner, so another step out of my comfort zone and an interesting topic to discuss. You've been listening to From Page to Practice. Don't forget to join in the conversation using hashtag page practice podcast. Thanks go to Kevin McLeod of Incomtech.com for use of the tracks Cheery Monday and Fuzzball Parade, which are licensed under Creative Commons.